I'm Pastor Brad. I'm thankful that you've come. You know, pastors always wonder what time change Sunday is going to be like. Like people are either going to walk in late or they're not going to walk in at all. And you walked in and it makes me uh, just so extremely thankful. Do you feel tired? How many of you feel tired? <laughs> like I made you lift your hand. I can do it. I can do it. How many of you feel good this morning? Yeah, you know, it feels pretty good. At 10, by 10 o'clock, yeah, like we really don't really feel it. Like a 9 o'clock service, 8 o'clock service, that time change might hit us. But at this time, you know, we roll right into church, and so I'm glad that you did. I want to start by asking you if you recognize these two types of people. There are two types of people in life. You can, you can separate any group of people, bring in any group from anywhere, and they'll divide out two different, these two different camps. Here's one camp. You have three quarters of a tank of gas filled in your tank, like you still have three quarters of a tank of gas, and you feel the need to pull into a gas station and top it off. That's one kind of person. The other kind of person believes that that E on your fuel gauge stands for excitement. And so it's like, how close can I get? So like we know, so how many like, you know, it's already almost full and you still top it off people are there. How many of you out there are, are there? There's a few of you. And then how many normal people are there that? The, the, yeah, the rest of us that just like stay way down there close to empty. That's what we're actually going to talk about today in this fourth message in our series, Tactics for Tough Times. How do you keep your life full? How do you keep your life full of energy? How do you keep your life full of joy and zest and optimism and hope and love and just all the good stuff when life conspires to empty you out? I mean, there are so many parts of life, and it seems as if their only purpose is just to knock us down, wear us out, and empty our tank. And like with a car, I mean, several of these sound like your experience with a car going empty. These are the kinds of things that empty our life too. Like, let me give you some. Not starting out with a full tank. I mean, I wonder how many of you wake up every day and it's like, I'm already tired. Like before I get out of bed, it's like, I didn't get enough sleep or I just don't want to face my day. I mean, I think we understand that we're already kind of empty before we get into the day, which empties us more. Here's another one. We're too busy to stop and refuel. Like, I'll be going down the road and I'll look and it's like, yeah, maybe I should. Nah, I don't think I will. And I just keep going because I have somewhere to be and something to do. Can you relate to that? Like, we're just blowing and going through life. And then we wonder, why are we always on vapors? It's because we've been going so fast for so long. Here's another one. You ignore the owner's manual and you push yourself further than you were created to go. Listen, spoiler alert. You're not Superman. You're not Superwoman. You have limits and so do I. One of the limits that God puts on our life is that every seventh day we're supposed to take it off. We're supposed to spend the day in worship. We're supposed to spend the day in rest. We're supposed to spend the day in relaxation. And if we violate that principle, like push the engine farther than it should, you know that little red line where your RPMs are too high, you're burning your engine out. And if you stay in that red line too long, you're going to wear out and break down. Here's the fourth cause, unaware hidden leaks. Do you even know where your leaks are? Do you even know what drains you in life? Like we have replenishing parts of life, right? Do you, you know some things that like fill you and renew you? But there are the depleting parts of life as well. There are renewing relationships, but then there are depleting relationships. We have renewing responsibilities. Like it's a responsibility, but we just love doing it. We like to engage in it. Leaves us full. But then there are some draining responsibilities. 
How about things like conflict and criticism and disappointment and frustration and grief? I mean, all of those are leaks. Here's another one. This gets a lot of us in Southern California. Always being in a hurry. Always being in a hurry. We know this. If you're, if you're at a, a traffic light, it's, just turn, it's red, you're sitting there, and then it turns green. First of all, if you're behind me and honk, I will sit there till Jesus comes back. <laughs> not, not moving. Not moving. Sorry. You hit your horn. I'm, I'm at least two more cycles of that light. We're going to sit right here. Let's get to know each other. You know, let's share. How's your day? Like I'm not. But here, on the other side, turns green and you hit the gas. We know that depletes a greater percentage of fuel than just like a slow roll. Like always being in a hurry. Always accelerating fast. That's going to burn you out faster. Let's say this together. The faster the pace of your life, the quicker you get to empty. Let's say it. The faster the pace of your life, the quicker you get to empty. Okay, let's hurry and get to the next one. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Not paying attention to my gauges. Not paying attention to my gauges. Uh, you have gauges in life that tell you when you're getting empty. And if you pay attention to them, then you'll know to stop. You'll know to refuel. But you may not be paying attention to your gauges. Like what if your sleep pattern is off and irritability is up, energy for your relationships is low, you're gaining some weight, like even that kind of stress and cortisol levels and all of that. Worship attendance is a gauge. You would think when people are tired and worn out, they'd lean in, but they actually see worship as an extra and say, oh, I just don't have time for one more extra. And so the very place where they could be renewed is the very place they just kind of drive on by. They're not paying attention to the gauges. Here's one, being overloaded. The more weight you put in your vehicle, the more gas you burn. That just makes sense. Here's another one. Assuming the limits don't apply to me. This is so me. This is so me. I've got a little thing on my, uh, on my car. You might have it too. I push a button and it'll tell me how many miles I have until empty. Do you, do you have, some of you have that on your car too? And, and so to say like you have 52 miles to empty and I think, do I really? How do they know? Like, I just think there's got to be 60 miles in this car still, maybe even 70 miles. And I've been known to kind of go all the way down and see how far I can go on. I mean, this list is so long, I'm getting tired just reading it, but we got to keep going. Here's number nine, not knowing where to find a filling station. This isn't as true as it used to be with cars because of smartphones and mapping devices, navigation systems and all of that. But still, spiritually and emotionally, people aren't sure. What do I do to renew? What do I do to refill? And we're actually going to address that today. And then finally, let me just give you one more tenth reason. It's just not knowing how to do it. Like particularly if you get a different car, you trade cars or something. It's like, I'm not even sure what side of the car it's on. Have you ever pulled up to the gas thing and you're on the wrong side and you're just super embarrassed and you have to get... Somebody just told me this. I never knew this. I'm years old and I never knew this. That next to the little gas icon in your car, there's like a little carrot, a little pointer. Some of you knew this. Where, why didn't you tell me this? I'm at gas stations all the time. Like my car and Karen's car are different. And so I never get it right. I'm pulling in. I get out. I'm, you know, saying, like, oh. No, 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 it wasn't me. Like that's a problem and it applies to life too, just not really knowing how to do this. If any of this sounds like you, 
I want you to know you're not alone. As a matter of fact, not only are you not alone now, like in our culture, these characteristics have been true in people for centuries and centuries. Let me give you some examples. Like famous King Solomon from the Hebrew Scriptures. He understands you. Look what he wrote. My eyes have no more tears. I am sick to my stomach, and I feel empty inside. I know people in this room who've had days like that. And Solomon says, I got you. I understand that. Me too. I mean, Job in the Scripture, look what Job wrote. I've given months that are empty and nights of misery. Me too. Like Job understands me. The famous Jewish prophet, Isaiah, look what he wrote. Isaiah says, I've labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing. And in empty futility, my efforts are just empty. Then King David, famous King David, the guy who killed the giant Goliath. Like now he's king and he even understands. He says, even though I'm appointed the king, say it with me, I feel I feel empty. Like he's at the top of his game. He's king daddy. And even at the pinnacle of his career, where it all should just be moving and grooving in his direction, he's sitting there and he's like, even though I'm king, I feel empty inside. I'm living on fumes. The good news this morning is Jesus had a lot to say about this topic. Like he had a lot to say about people who felt broken, people who were at the end of the rope, people who felt like they just couldn't go on and they were out of gas. Now, as he addressed that, let me ask you a question. Those of you who know Jesus, would Jesus like judge you for coming to him saying, dude, I am just, I'm done. I am toast. I am so tired. Would he judge that? We say, oh, lazy, you wimp, get up, you know, back in the game. Is that what Jesus would do? No. It's not what he, matter of fact, what he does is the exact opposite. We're going to look through a section of scripture where Jesus teaches on this. And I want you to see what he says. Look here. It's in Matthew chapter 11. Like one of his followers named Matthew recorded what he said, like wrote it down. So that's how come we can read it today. And here's what he said. Starts out, if you're tired, if you're tired. So what he's doing here, he's pre-qualifying. Like this next little section of scripture isn't for everybody. Or it might be for you at another time in your life. Maybe it has been for you in the past, and certainly it will be again, but maybe you're feeling super good right now, so it's like you don't have to plug into this. But Jesus is like, if you're here right now, and you're feeling this, you're here right now, and you're tired, you're here right now, you're breaking down, you're here right now, it's like you're not sure you can go on any longer, then this is for you. If you're tired from carrying heavy burdens Come to me and I will give you a whole bunch of new things to do. That's not what he says. I mean, I got, I got all this religion stuff I could pile on you. I got all these rules I could pile on you. That's not what he does. And I will give you what? and I'll give you rest. So Jesus says when we come to him, he'll give us rest. He's talking about the kind of rest, the fundamental renewal that we need in our life. Let's just keep reading through this passage. If you're tired and you're carrying heavy burdens, come to me, I'll give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. That's the refilling of your tank. For the yoke I share with you is easy to wear, and it makes the load light. Like there are three important words in this section. Like Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke, and learn from me. And we're going to break it down, and we're going to look at all of these. So if you're 
feeling some of this. Like, man, that's me. Like, I'm about there. I am about out of gas. There's something in this message I think that's going to be hopeful for you. Here's the first thing you have to do. I've got to pre-qualify you. I want to ask you a question. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Like, until we get to the place where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're not ready for this one yet. I think the greatest spiritual enemy that affects more Christians than I can count is what I call comfortable complacency. I actually talked about this in one of my posts this week. If you're comfortably complacent, maybe the best thing that could happen to you in your life is for your life to get a little worse. Your pastor said that. And I love you. But when you're comfortably complacent in a job that you know is not going anywhere, if you're comfortably complacent in a relationship that you know is not going anywhere, if you're comfortably complacent in circumstances that you've just settled into, but you have no activation energy to change that circumstance, you're going to need more discomfort in order to change. Why? Because when the heat gets turned up, you'll get sick and tired of what? Being being sick and tired. You'll start making the necessary changes. You have to get to the point where you say, I am not going to live like this anymore. I've had enough. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something about the way I feel. Because think about it. When do we make changes in our life? We make changes in our life if we have enough pain or if we get a clear perspective on the situation or if we realize we don't have any other choice. Let me give you a couple of examples. Like we talked about famous King Solomon a few minutes ago. He wrote something else. Look at this. The Lord gave us a conscience and a mind. We can't hide from ourselves. But sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. That is so true. That's why this contemporary proverb makes sense. Look at this. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we what? When we feel the heat. Some of you would know the story of Jonah, that guy in the Bible, Jonah. He ran away from God because God wanted him to, to, to teach these people over here how to turn their lives around. And Jonah didn't like those people over there. So he said, I'm not going to tell them because I, I want them to go to hell. And so he's like, I'm not going to tell them. So he runs this way and then he's on a boat and then he gets thrown overboard and then he's swallowed by a big fish and then he's in the depths of the sea. And when life got to that place, like he's at the bottom, literally the bottom, look what he wrote. When I'd lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once again to the Lord. What did it take for him to turn his thoughts once again to the Lord? He had to get to a place where he's empty. All is lost. Hope is lost. Like I am out of gas. And now I finally turn. When the heat turns up, we start making a change. This is why Jesus starts his solution to your emptiness by just giving this qualifying statement, if you're tired. See, if you're not tired, if you feel pretty self-sufficient, if you feel pretty independent, you feel pretty strong, if you kind of like living your way, doing it your way, having yourself as the boss and CEO of your future, if you like carrying the load you're carrying, if you like the weight that's on your heart, if you like all that, you don't need Jesus. Jesus waits. He's the perfect gentleman. He never pushes He never forces, but he waits for us to get to a place like this. 
Like I'm out of gas, I'm out of hope, I'm out of energy, I'm out of uh, purpose, I'm out of, I'm out of wisdom, I'm, I'm out of solutions. You're empty? Then he says, come to me. If you're tired of living the way you've been living, carrying the load you've been carrying, trying to solve all the problems by yourself, I'm telling you, Jesus can change your life. Let me ask you a personal question. Don't raise your hand. How many of you are at the breaking point right now? Don't, don't acknowledge it, just in your heart, answer that question. Like, I came in, and in this area of my life, I'm at a breaking point. This area of my life, I am completely done. I am empty. I don't know what to do. I don't think I can go on. I've got some good news for you. Look at this. A breakdown is the door to a breakthrough. See, once our pride breaks down, like I don't need God, once our self-sufficiency breaks down, like, you know what, I'm not enough, I can remember one time, my life was a mess. My life, I've been in some messes, and I was in a mess, and, and it was of my own making, and I, I was talking to this one guy, and he kind of hung his head, and I could tell he had something on his mind, and I was like, what? Say it. Say it. I could tell he wanted to say something. And he said, Brad, if your best thinking got you into this, what makes you think your best thinking is going to get you out? Shut up. <laughs> you know, self-sufficiency, like I'll just carry it. I'll just, when that breaks down, that breakdown opens the door for a breakthrough. So step number one today, you got to really just be honest and say, you know what? I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired of what? Being sick and tired. So, if you're ready then, look at number two. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. This means you bring the good in your life to Jesus. You bring the bad in your life to Jesus. You bring the frustrating and painful in your life to Jesus. You bring the shameful in your life to Jesus. You bring the exhausting parts of your life to Jesus. You bring the energized parts of your life to Jesus. You just come to Jesus as you are, come to Jesus with everything you have. Jesus says, if you're tired from carrying heavy loads, come to me and I will give you rest. He's not giving us religion. He's not giving us rituals. He's not giving us rules. He's giving us relationship with him. He's saying, listen, the answer is going to be found in a person. Come to Jesus. Now, I've studied the scriptures most of my life. And I've seen people coming to Jesus in the scriptures for a wide variety of reasons. And here's what I've noticed every time. Jesus doesn't care why you come. Just as long as you come. Come as you are, who you are, with what you have. Come to Jesus. Look at this verse. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will never reject. You know why some of us have been hesitant to come to Jesus? I know there's a time in my life I was. I didn't think I deserved to come to Jesus. I wasn't sure he still loved me. I wasn't sure that I was allowed in the condition of my life to come to Jesus. But what I have found and what so many others have found is the truth of this. Like if we come, he will. It doesn't say sometimes. Look how definitive this is. He says, I will never, never reject you. Only God accepts everybody. Only God 
can give everybody rest. Jesus says if you have soul emptiness, if you have soul depression, if you have soul overload, if you have soul anxiety, Jesus says, come to me. I won't reject you, and I'll give you rest. Pull in another verse from the famous prophet Isaiah. Look at this. God gives power to those who are tired and worn out, and he offers strength to the weak. You know what culture says when we're tired? Maybe run a little faster. Maybe go buy something. Maybe treat yourself. Jesus doesn't say treat yourself. Jesus doesn't say buy something. Jesus doesn't say go do more. Jesus simply says, come to me. So number one, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you are, number two, come to Jesus. Number three, give up control. Some of you said that's just crazy talk right there. (laughs) Give up control. Let's be honest. Can we be real for a minute? Just for a minute. We'll be unreal after that. But for a minute, can we be real? So much, almost all of the reason that we get overloaded is because we're trying to control it. Like subconsciously, I think most people live most of the time with this idea, it's all up to me. It depends on me. I think some people do this at the conscious level. Like I'm the one. I have to hold everything together. I'm the one. I have to make it all happen. Jesus said, you know, if you're trying to do this by yourself, control freak, if you're trying to do this by yourself, Jesus didn't say that. I said that, control freak. Jesus says, you've got to learn to share some of that burden. You've got to learn to let go of some of that. And here's how he says it. Take my yoke upon you. Now, if you're like I am, I was raised on blacktop. I mean, yoke. I never saw one ever in my life. And, and when I'm reading this scripture, I had to go back to find out what that is. It's that wooden collar. It's that wooden like brace. It's, got, it's like a bar. And it's got like a little thing for my neck. And then it's got a little thing for that neck. It's like two oxen that are hooked together by this wooden collar that sets on them. So it keeps them side by side so that they walk together. And here's the point of the yoke. Like I'm carrying all this all by myself. And now I get yoked to another oxen. And now both of of us are pulling that load so it's half as hard twice as easy because I don't need to control it all I'm going to share this so you say well Brad, I'm already tired now I got to put this heavy wooden thing on me no no listen don't 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 get confused here you're already carrying it all adding the yoke is your willingness to give at least half of it away Now, here's been my personal experience with this. Jesus is God. And so when I'm yoked to God, he actually does more than me. It's not a 50-50 proposition. It's not an equal distribution of the load. When I say I need your help, I'm going to come to you. Well, just take my yoke. Just put it on. Go ahead, put it on. Put it on. And what we find is it fits. And it's not a burden. Like Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Look at this verse. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like the correct translation of that from the Greek is my yoke fits perfectly. Like when we enter into this partnership with Jesus, it's like, wow, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Like it just fits. 
It's just right. And now my load is lighter. Now, get this vision. So here's these two oxen, and they've got the yoke, you know, on it. And one is, you know, actually stronger. And so he's doing most of the work here. But here we are. We're kind of tied together here. And there's a reason for that, because we were never meant to go through life carrying the load by ourselves. Here's a verse from Psalm 55. Pile all your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and he'll help you out. If you're feeling overloaded right now, that's a sign that you have drifted in proximity from Jesus. Because when we're close to Jesus, he, we're yoked, he is carrying most of it. When we're far from Jesus, guess where the load goes? All on me. So if you're saying, well, Brad, you know, I, I have felt that. I felt this heaviness in my heart. I felt this fear rising. I felt my anxiety like at a higher level than it's been. All right. Tired? Come to Jesus. Give up control. Get, snuggle in there. Snuggle in there. Get under that yoke. And he starts lifting the load. Listen, with Jesus, my pace is right because we're yoked together. I can't go off running. My direction is right because we're yoked together and he's leading. And my load is lighter. Listen, let me say it again. With Jesus, my pace is right, my direction is right, and my load is lighter. I came across this poem recently. It's kind of a, it's kind of a contemporary version of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, if some of you know that part of the Bible. I love this. Listen, the Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness which restore my serenity. He leads me in the ways of efficiency through calmness of mind, his guidance and his peace. And even though I have a great many things to accomplish each day, I will not fret for his presence is there. We're yoked. His timeliness, his all importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity by anointing my mind with his oils of peace. My cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness will be the fruit of my hours, for I will walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in his house forever. Isn't that cool? I just love that. I love that. Here's the truth. Most of you are yoked to something. But usually what you're yoked to is more of a burden. Like I, you're pulling yours and you're pulling something not meant for you. You're pulling yours and you've added to it. You're pulling yours and you're carrying the expectations of other people. You're pulling that and you're carrying fear. You're pulling your own and you're carrying anxiety. You're pulling that and you're carrying worry. You're pulling that and you're carrying somebody else's stuff that they should be carrying on. No, like you're pull, and Jesus said, no, no, you've got to give that up. You just yoke to me. Yoke to me. Jesus keeps teaching us here. Let's keep going. Number four, we got to learn to trust. Learn to trust. This is the antidote to anxiety and worry. Jesus said, you can learn from me. Look what he says. Learn from me because I'm harsh and I'm kind of tough. That's how he says. I'm gentle and I'm meek. I'm humble in heart. And you what? Look at this word. You what? Here, I'm in your way because I couldn't hear you. Yeah, this word. You will find rest for your souls. You will. Learn from me. You know what learn means? It means you're not going to know it like that. You didn't get overwhelmed and overloaded in your life overnight. And you're not going to get 
unoverwhelmed and unloaded in your life overnight. But the good news here is we can learn this. Let me ask you a question. What do you think was Jesus' secret of peace? Like, how, how come he had a sustainable pace? How, how come he was able to do it and stay filled with the things that matter in life? How did he do it? I'll tell you why. He only did what God asked him to do. The only expectation he tried to fulfill is what his father asked him to do. Jesus had a best friend, and his best friend's name was John. And John, listen, 12 times, as John's writing down the things Jesus taught, 12 times John wrote down that Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me. When we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that, we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that. Yeah, I'll take that on too. Just put it on. Yeah, yeah, stack it up. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm breaking down. It's okay. Just add it right on top. When we do that, we're toast. We're done. But it's like, you know what? I know you've got your expectations for my life. Thank you. And, and, I, and I know... I know there's stuff you want me to carry that's yours, but you want me to. Thank you. But I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to ask Him what I should be doing, what I should be carrying, and that's all I'm going to do. And that's all I'm going to carry. Does this make sense to you? Like Jesus says, come to me, let's talk about it, and you're going to learn this rhythm. You're going to learn how much to take on and how much not to take on because that's the path to peace. Okay, last point, last point. Number five, stay connected to your spiritual family. Stay connected to your spiritual family. I talked about this earlier, like one of the signs that you're leaking energy is that you just fall away from church. And what we know is that people who regularly come to the filling station, regularly pull up to the gas tank, get their tanks topped off, and they live a better life. So here's what the scripture says, Hebrews 11. Let's not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. Why do I need to be connected to my spiritual family? Because when you're empty, you need to be filled. And God says at church, you'll get filled. I love this passage from Ephesians 1. The church is Christ's body and it's filled with Christ. Now look what Christ is doing with his body, which is the church. He completely fills everything else. That's what he's doing in his church. That's what happens in your life. He fills his church and everything else. When you're here, you have the opportunity for him to fill you. Now, I don't know what's weighing you down. I don't know what's wearing you out, but I will tell you this. God brought you here today. You're excused. God brought you here today because he wants you to be renewed. He wants you to be filled. Do you know what the Amplified version of the Scripture is? The Amplified translation? Amplified, they take the Greek, the Scriptures are written in the Greek, and let's just say the word is run, like it's translated in English, run. Well, in Greek, there are several words that could have been used in that, in that word. Like run, you know, rush, flee, jump. Like several words. So the Amplified takes all the possible words that could have been, instead of just run, it could have been several other English words put in there. And the Amplified puts them all in there. So let me read the scripture we've been focusing on today where Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, it's easy. I'm going to take that and I want you to hear it from the Amplified version. And this is 
God's message to you. Right from the Bible. Listen to what it says. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke on you. Partner with me and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Some of you need that. I know you do. And Jesus has it for you. Let's pray together. If you've never like come to Jesus to say, I need, I need that rest. I am so tired. I need that rest. I am so burdened. I need that rest. I can't carry it anymore. I need that rest. I don't want to live like this. If you've never come to Jesus in that moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. You just say it with me. You don't have to say it out loud, but in your heart, in your mind, I want you to say this prayer with me. Like if this is what you're needing today, dear God, just say it in your heart, dear God, I'm tired of being tired all the time. I'm tired of trying to control all the time. I'm tired of life without rest and peace. Forgive me for all the other ways I've tried to find relief. Today I come to you. Will you be my pace setter? Will you take control so that I can just let some things go? I want to learn from you, Jesus. I want to learn to be gentle and humble. I want the peace that you modeled. Help me take the steps I've learned and apply them to my life this week. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen.